Welcome to the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast, hosted by the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. The Proud Rural Teacher Podcast focuses on sharing inspiring stories of education in rural areas. With each episode, we'll provide context, resources, and contact information for you to take these great ideas back to your communities. I'm your host, Jessica Brogley. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official position of the School of Education or the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. All right, welcome to another episode of the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast. You're joining me on the road today. We are heading to the Riverdale School District. The Riverdale School District is about 50 minutes north of Platteville. It encompasses several small towns, but most notably Blue River, Avoca, and Muscaday. And so the high school uh, where we're going to today is in Muscaday. Uh, the district itself is definitely rural. It, uh, let's see, student body wise, I believe K-12, they're just under or real close to 700 students with the high school uh, having just over 300. That's it, 300. Uh, and uh, you're joining me on this little adventure to take uh, I think a three-part tour. So you're going to meet their agricultural education teacher, Kelly Co, to learn about what their agricultural education department of one is uh, is doing, and how the school district has supported her and her kids, and how the community has historically wrapped around agricultural education. It's honestly, it's absolutely remarkable. Uh, what they what they have for assets in the district. Uh, so what I think is going to happen is a three-part tour. One, the building at the high school. Two, their school farm. Uh, it's over 150 acres, so <laughs> oh, it's it's amazing. And lastly, their brand new agricultural center, the Jack Meister. Uh, agricultural center just uh, I think three miles from the high school and so this is definitely going to be one of our longer episodes so stick with me uh, you're gonna like this uh, be sure to check out the show notes I'll include a lot of photos to help match with what Callie's telling you and and give you some inspiration uh, stick with me it's gonna be a good one so uh, we're heading up to Muscaday Wisconsin today to learn all about the agricultural education program and community support with the Riverdale School District all right so today I am with Kelly Coe she is the FFA advisor and agricultural teacher for the Riverdale School District and I'm here today to get a tour of the new facility and the agricultural center off-site we'll see in a little bit. Before we take the tour attached to the school, Kelly, tell me a little bit about your history with this particular school district. How long have you been here? Sure. So um, I have been teaching for 11 years, but I was at the Seneca School District previously for eight. I've been in Riverdale now for three, um, starting my fourth year. I started during COVID. Terrible time to start oh, anyway. But, but it was fine. I knew when I started here during COVID that I was going to like it here because of all the like if I asked questions like what can we do you know FFA wise what can we, what can we do yeah. they were so willing to work with me and even during a time that was like particularly hard for yeah, educators right. to you know or for administration even to be making decisions they had a lot of other decisions to make and then there was always me in their ear what can I do I want to do this can I do that <laughs> so um, I really liked it here um, I think we have a, a really really good staff fantastic uh, team to work with I mean 
pretty really really low turnover rates in our high school middle school which I think says a lot about right. our district and then uh, principal and superintendent that have been really really great to work for principal is super supportive very hands-on comes down awesome. checks, you know sees sees what's going on down here sees the kids a lot and and that's you know that really means a lot and mm-hmm. not to say anything bad about Seneca because I really I was very fortunate to have good administration mm-hmm. there too so mm-hmm. I've been in two districts that I've really liked and extremely loyal to because of that connection mm-hmm. with with the staff and the people that you work with. Yeah, and so now you're here, and what are you teaching for classes? Like, what's your load like, just to get a vision of your, because you're by yourself. Yes. In a rural district. Yeah. Right? And, uh, a lot, <laughs> and that could go two different directions in some rural districts. So, and our district is fortunate that we have both a tech ed and ag teacher. In Seneca, I taught half and half, 50% tech ed, so the shop courses, and 50% ag. Either way, in either places, I have 14 different classes that I teach. Mm-hmm. So seven first semester, seven second semester. If some fill up, for example, so I, I teach animal science classes. That would include large animal science, which is accredited with Southwest Tech, vet science, small animal, companion animal science, and then a vet science course, mm-hmm. or like an advanced vet science course. Then uh, for plant science, I teach horticulture, greenhouse management, landscape management, turf management and um, crop and soil science, which goes really well with our our school farm stuff that we have going on. Food science is a really, really popular class. We kind of serve as the face teachers in a lot of districts now. Um, And that sometimes I'll have two sections of, which is it's honestly really, it's a nice break when you have two sections of something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But they're taught a little different. I have a a advanced food science course that I'm starting this year called Farm to Table. It's going to be like a processing class. Cool. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, you know, my food science class is a class where we, we butcher two whole deer a year and take them from, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much from hoof from to brat yeah. to mm-hmm. sausage to whatever we're going to make and do all the, all that work and, and including the storage process, which is, I mean, I think the kids get so much out of that unit yeah. that I wanted to have an advanced version of that. So mm-hmm. we're going to add that farm to table class, which I'm really excited about. We do uh, like wildlife, natural resources. Part of our natural resources is um, kind of split up. I have some soil science stuff sprinkled in different classes, but primarily crop and soil science, which is again Southwest Tech Articulated, which is nice. And then I have an egg business class, an egg mechanics class. We actually have an egg shop as well. It's not as it's not as close anymore now that we added on here, but I can mm-hmm. show you that as well. Sure. We have a car hoist and that shebang. So wow. cool. yeah, it's it's resource wise there isn't a school district like this in Southwest Wisconsin. I think it'd be hard to rival resource wise what we have in the whole state. I've always meant to ask. Like in a official survey, I know the people that have school farms for us in the in the state. You know, we talk. We're, we're not mm-hmm. that big of a group. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of districts that maybe have um, one but not the other. There there are definitely cooler egg departments out there. They might be two or three people in that department. In Austin, for example, um, Baroque was building a new department. They have a lot of really really awesome resources too. But we have that offsite aspect that I think really is just beyond what a lot of districts have in the state. And like I said, I think that would be the one that would rival everyone else in terms of size, scale, you know, uses, even facility wise. I think we, we, we've just gotten really fortunate for, for a rural district and, you know, we're pretty good size. We're graduating 50 to 60 kids a year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty decent size, but it does mean a lot of that 14 classes, 14 preps, this a year is a lot for yeah. anybody. Oh, it's so much fun to get into projects and yeah. hands-on stuff. Right. And it's one of those things like, um, I grew up on a diversified livestock farm. I really like animal science, but mm-hmm. I also grew up, you know, in the woods with my dad and hunting and fishing. And 
and you know, I really, I, I like agronomy, but I never thought I would be running a greenhouse for, you know, 10 years or like commercial pretty much style uh-huh. greenhouse, you know, it's, it's a lot, but everybody's like, how do you get everything done? The kids, the students, yeah. they do it. Mm-hmm. I, I coordinate Facilitate. it all. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my job. You know, I am, you know, essentially, you know, I, we talk about this a lot in class. Like I, I'm kind of your boss. Like, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. this is the point We're we're this is a real career experience. Mm-hmm. This is a real life experience. You know, if you don't know how to do something, I'm going to teach you how, but then I expect you to actually do it yeah. and, mm-hmm. and manage it. And that's another cool part of our um, FFA agriculture combo is that we have some student managers. So we have two um, farm managers, a forest manager, a greenhouse manager, garden manager. That kind of spreads the work out for me as well. I guess I still do all the ordering and overseeing, mm-hmm. but those students get that responsibility. They get to put that on their resume, which is you know usually a really big deal for them. And it's a fantastic learning experience. And then they get to learn how to work with their peers as well, which I think is a big deal. Do you want to take this through? Yeah, let's go. So wait, we walked in the back door. This is the head house, right? Yeah. So this is what I call the head house. Basically, that's like an office space for a greenhouse. It's meant to be like completely enclosed. Otherwise, greenhouse wise, you have so much UV out there, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want to leave everything out there. It's, It's very hard on equipment, plastic, thermometers, things like that. If they're and seeds and that kind of stuff if they're constantly left in that environment. So headhouse is a place to store all that, all that extra stuff and also to plant seedlings, to do paperwork, to germinate plants because we have more control over the environment in here. Off the headhouse is an attached greenhouse. Greenhouse is roughly 30 by 40 feet. It is 15 years old, but it's a polycarbonate greenhouse. It's like the hard plastic paneling, which is held up really well for us. We just recently installed drip irrigators out there, so that has cut down on a lot of management stuff for me. Again, we did that as a class. Mm-hmm. We got everything. We put it together ourselves. We problem solved it. We troubleshooted it. Mm-hmm. And we figured it out. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that part's been really cool. And the head house also kind of serves as a, an overflow storage space for, you know, when you have 14 preps, you have a lot of teaching yes. resources. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and again, excuse the, the overflow here um, since it's summer. But this is our animal lab. And, you know, uh, we've had a lot of visitors, like we've had veterinarians come in, we've had farriers come in here, and they're like, wow, this is not something you see in high school. Right, right. It's you fantastic. Know, in terms of, like, so we have um, glass board on the walls for easy cleanup, floor drains. We have kind of two separate pens here. So this pen here is obviously would be useful if we ever needed it for, let's say, a cow-calf pair or mm-hmm. horse pole, you know, something mm-hmm. decent size. Yeah. We moved in here in January. We've had 10 different types of animals or 10 different visitors, we'll say, sometimes groups of visitors, but we found that like lambs, calves, goats, it's nice to have them so that we can get them in a a little bit smaller area. Mm -hmm. We also have a big picture window between the classroom and the animal lab so that kids that, you know, have allergies can't access or they just, you know, we have kids that just stop by and want to look out Mm -hmm. here and then they'll say, can we go out there and pet them? If I'm comfortable, I, you know, go ahead. If it's a baby lamb, not a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. So we can keep them up by the window, which is nice. And then that reserves this little bit larger pen. We we can keep that concrete, not bedded. Mm-hmm. And then if we want to say like, okay, we're going to pull them out and do moves today. Sure. Yes, it's so nice not mm-hmm. to drag that sawdust, that manure out here. Mm-hmm. It works well to have, you know, kids that are slightly less comfortable with animals might want to be behind the gate. Yeah. And like, for example, the farrier, we had the horse 
it's basically a box stall size, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, horse was in there. We brought him out here. The farrier did his thing. Meanwhile, the kids were lined up on the other side of the Safe. fence. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And I think, I think, yeah, there is a safety element to it. We're never going to bring anything that we think is unsafe. But animals yeah. are animals, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. this is just a peace of mind for a kid that's mm-hmm. never been around something right. like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I've had tons of tons of kids comment. I'm like, you know, things that we I take for granted that they have seen. Right. You know, calves up close. Mm-hmm. I've never. Had a baby calf. Mm-hmm. You live in Wisconsin. What do you oh, mean? Oh, did you do that? Yeah, yeah. That oh, possible? you avoided that. And they're like, "Well, I guess I maybe have seen them up close, but like, I never, I've never spent as much time with them." Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. That's you know, that's kind of the point. There we go. Yeah, and yeah, and it, it prompts a lot of questions, even if it's not for a class that necessarily is working with the animal. Mm-hmm. So you know, if we have goats out here, my horticulture class might be out here just as fast as the, mm-hmm. the vet science class, mm-hmm. and they might have questions too, and that's a good thing. I think we're we're just spreading that. As a consumer in agriculture, you also must know what's going on, and everybody is a consumer. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to get that word out. And they have a lot of fantastic questions, things that I would have never thought to you know include in a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of the biggest learning curve for me, I guess, is like where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> but some of that learning happens across an hour, across classes, and super organically. Yeah. You know, that's great. And it's been really, it's been really neat. And I'm a huge advocate for any sort of hands-on learning. I think that it's been proven several times that it soaks in and lasts longer. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what we get out of all the research done on hands-on stuff. They get a lot more out of it if they give the shot themselves, if they trim the hoof themselves, if they, you know, they can tell me what a jersey is because I can say, hey, that was, remember that colored calf we had last week? Versus seeing it as a picture on their Chromebook. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It means more. Mm-hmm. So this um, is one of my favorite, like I said, I'm a big animal science person. So this is one of my favorite parts of the facility so far. And I think our admin has been surprised how, like, much, it's much we used. used it. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. yes. um, we've had at least one visitor a week for second semester. And like I said, sometimes groups. So, you know, 10 different species, but we might have two groups of goats, two groups of calves, whatever. Because those are easy to get hold of in Wisconsin, yeah. you know. <laughs> and the, the kids bring them in, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the classroom is, it's actually a little smaller than my last classroom, but I really prefer it. So it's a little bit wider than it is deep, which I like. Um, the food science aspect, you know, you, again, you have to have a lot of resources if you're going to teach that many different, you know, credits in egg. And food science is, it's worse science credits here, but it's one of the few classes that I don't offer a certificate in. In egg mechanics, they get certified in torque training, they get certified in snap-on. Um, precision measuring in you know animal science they're getting that southwest tech credit in wildlife management they get stonebeal and atv safety certified food science is one of the classes that i teach it because it's just really popular and they like it mm-hmm. the, about the only thing we get is we do in the beginning a little osha certification mm-hmm. for food mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. i mean we have plans to kind of build that up in the future Again, it's about, you know, managing what courses can I give up? What, right. what am I willing mm-hmm. to give up? Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm not willing to give up what I have right now, but my food science stuff, we went from one stove to two, which has been awesome, and one sink to two sinks. And we also have some large sinks out oh, in the, the head house. I yeah. saw that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, like more of the industrial style mm-hmm. sinks. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit of storage space. And then the other way I get around cooking in these labs is that each group has a tote with a hot plate and all the oh, things they need. Mobile. And then they can cook at their stations oh, because we have drop-down drop down power. Yes. 
And I think I picked that up from like Iowa Grant School District or something. Nice. I, I've seen it somewhere else and, oh, and it's been amazing for like Chromebook charging and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to crawl over cords when I walk around the room mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. they're plugged in on the outside. So that's been really nice. So they can do all their cooking and stuff at their desk. Their station included in their boxes is, you know, they have a container of sugar, a container of, you know, the basic things. Mm-hmm. But we do everything, like I said, from, from carcass breakdown to pickles, jelly. We, we try everything. We... We do yogurt, ice cream, you know, we, we make it. There's so many life skills, I know. right, that they'll use yes. for the rest of their lives and even generationally, maybe. Right. Sometimes I feel more like a mom. Mom. Yeah, parent. I was <laughs> yeah. just going to say, sometimes I feel almost more like a parent. Like, uh-huh. I'm just like, well, you, you know, I learned that from you. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of parents do teach their kids mm-hmm. this. And there, there are a few kids, you know, that'll come and be like, oh, yeah, I've pickled stuff with my grandma. Grandma. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yep. And that's awesome. But then we talk about the science behind it. Mm-hmm. And that aspect is what kind of you know, gives me a lot of pride. Right, right. <laughs> like, fire, yeah. Yes, but and and the, on their simplest level, though, they're taking something that they can use at home. You know, it's the same stuff at the school farm as well. You know, having that learning center, gardening. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has garden anymore. Right, it's coming back a little bit. Yeah. Um, in terms of farming, not everybody has seen corn planted or beans or watched it get harvested. And yeah, it's kind of. Sometimes it's parenting. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So. I love this space. It's fantastic. When we designed all of our new facilities, we just wanted it to be versatile. Mm-hmm. And like, so concrete floor, it's finished. So it looks nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, easy cleanup. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, the one thing I would say, I would like to still get stainless steel tables, mm. like lifted ones with stools mm-hmm. for cooking, for if we do dissections in here, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And these tables are fine. They're getting a little bit of wear to them though. So egg mechanics, that's another space, yes, right? Yes, swing Yeah. Down. So I saw the three tractors out there. Tell me about that. That's actually part of that egg mechanics class, which works out well. In egg mechanics, which is, it is popular. It was even more so popular when uh, my predecessor was here, Paul Marshall. He actually was the one that got the car hoist, and he is amazing at restoring things. Mm. He, they actually restored cars and things of that nature more so. They wanted to continue to do that. And I was like, how about we do something egg? Yeah. Just a little mm-hmm. bit simpler, a little bit easier for me. Mm-hmm. And that way, too, like, you know, if you restore a car... People expect big things, and if you're a store tractor and make a mistake, it's probably going to be okay because it might get scratched anyway, <laughs> you know, especially if we're going to use it. And I would think um, those skills of fixing machinery, like a tractor or whatever, those that's transferable into the job market for sure. Absolutely. And back on the farmer home. Yep. This is also our welding shop. Our tech ed teacher teaches welding. Different school districts split it up differently. Seneca would be another example. The egg teacher also teaches welding, mechanics, carpentry. It's yeah, it's all how it works out for the teachers. You know what what we have open, and our mm-hmm. our tech ed teacher is awesome. He does a great job with welding, so they kept me with egg mech. I do small engines. You can see them under the tables. We do concrete masonry, electrical, and that's AC and DC electrical, which we pull into the tractor. Mm-hmm. DC electrical. Yep. We do a finishing unit. They can finish stain paint. You know, whatever they want, but they're they're using proper methods. Basically, like you can't take a rusty something that's chipping and just paint over the top of it. I'm kind of learning some different things about that. We painted those tractors ourselves. Oh, they're beautiful. Yes, yeah. they, the kids did a fantastic job. We, we bought a farm all bee this year to restore us for class, and we took it to the state convention, state FFA convention, and displayed it. And then we're entering a contest online through a large tire company uh, that puts on stuff for restoration contests. Again, that that wiring comes into play, that small engines, any type of engine, really. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it was a farm LB, so that is a pretty, I mean, pretty standard small engine. We do a lot of certifications, like I said, that's another big thing. That egg mechanics class leaves with, we work with our CISA 3 to do snap-on precision measuring certification, which means that anywhere they go, if they want to get a job as a tech, they can say, hey, look, I know how to use a caliper, a bore gauge. I can measure to the ten thousandths. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive for Yeah. And it's a lot of math, but they, <laughs> they do it. They can do it because it's something they like and are interested in. We do torque um, training and certification through Snap-on as well, and ACDC uh, training and certification, which all of those are great things to take into the workforce. It's definitely going to give you an up on not only pay, but just the chance of getting a job. We do try to do the power portal for Briggs and Stratton. It is a really hard test. You can become an actual technician through that. We use all the content from it for our small engines unit, but I would say maybe 25% of kids can actually pass that when we're done. They all have more knowledge about the small engine, but are they all going to be certified technicians afterwards? Probably not. It's just another part of growing up in agriculture. You just have to be good at everything. You have yep, to. Yep. You you have to be a plumber. Mm-hmm. You have to. You know. You have to know how maybe irrigation or um, a sprayer might work, but you also need to know uh, what's happening with your engine. You need to know. <laughs> yeah, you need to know electrical currents for not only that, but maybe your hot wire fence, or you're going to rewire your shed. In there's so a many ways to save. Of all trades. Yes, there's so yeah. many ways to save money in egg, and if you don't do some of those things yourself, you're going to be yeah. broke for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the space, right? Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, and next door is our tech ed department, but and we share you know some storage and stuff. It's awesome for for lots of things. You know we can pull the tractors in here and work on them. We can also dissect stuff over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can utilize this space to finish products like um, st- like stain or paint finish products as well. Uh, we do some of our floriculture work out here as well because it gets you know tends to get messy as well as our for- some of our forestry stuff. I do some demonstrations with chainsaws and stuff in here when it's cooler out so that. We don't have to um, spend as much time outside when it's when it's cold, and we do some concrete masonry stuff in here too when it's cold. Wow. You could probably figure it out if you if you watched a few YouTube videos and really wanted to know. But it's kind of fun to be like, "Hey, we're going to pour a concrete slab for our chicken coop." Really? Okay. They get into it, you know. Yeah. They, they see a use for it. They want to. They want to learn. They want to try. We're going to make pavers for the new greenhouse. Okay. You know, just kind of. Tell them where to start, and then you have, you know, YouTube is great, but you have that hands-on, like, mm-hmm. I am here to tell you mm-hmm. if we make mistakes so that we can fix them before. In the fields with a real purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I enjoy the hands-on stuff. It keeps me busy. There's something to do every 45 minutes. Yeah, right. You don't Something support. different. If you never try it, you'll never know how to do it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And if you just go into it with some confidence and the safety mindset, you'll be okay. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. big thing. Keep them safe. That's what we're really here to do. Keep them safe and facilitate it. Mm-hmm. And if you make mistakes, you make mistakes. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes still. Now we're off to yeah, school to. forest. Yes. And farm. so we, we call ours our farm. Farm. Um, and it, it. it's kind of stuck like that since mm-hmm. it was gifted to us in 1962. And I think they've always called it that. Wow. Um, but yes, a large part of it is a farm. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want, I can just ride with you. Yeah. Yep. And I'll give you directions. And 
All right, that concludes stop number one at Riverdale High School. Uh, now let's take a quick break to hear from Jeff Eady, the executive director of the Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance, to learn about the Fall 2023 conference. And after the break, we'll travel three miles outside of Muscaday to see the school farm. It's essential for Wisconsin's rural schools to find inspiration, network with other districts, and learn new ideas. And the perfect place to do this is at the Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance Conference, October 22nd through October 24th at the Wilderness in Wisconsin Dells. The conference is intended for school administrators, teachers, board members, CESA employees, higher education professionals, college grad students, public library administrators, elected officials, and any citizen interested in Wisconsin's rural schools. Information can be found at wirsa.org. That's wirsa.org. Wirsa is committed to quality education for all Wisconsin students. All right, so now we're outside. Yeah, we're going to go on just a little tour of the facility. I can kind of show you, or the, the whole place, I guess, not just the facility, excuse me. Um, so we're first trail is so our ffa named all these trails after the office positions but this is corn trail that's the secretary if you don't know ffa <laughs> so uh, up here you're just gonna take a right at the cornfield here this is our test plot and you can tell it's a test plot because this is one of the cool things i like like every four rows <laughs> you'll see something different going on some are tasseling some are taller some are shorter um you'll just there's the test plot is meant to be like Similar soil type, similar conditions, mm -hmm. and our test plot happens to be pretty sandy, but um, companies like that because they, they need experiments everywhere, mm -hmm. not just in the good soil. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky there, and we have a different entrance down there by that big sign. You can kind of see it oh, sticking sure. up there. Yeah. That's an entrance to our second field and to the facility, too. We use that a lot with the tractor and the um, people hauler. And then we own to the top of those hills. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know it's a lot. Wow. It, like the kids are always surprised too. Like you, you think, oh, 150 acres. Well, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. a pretty good, pretty good chunk. We do have some maple trees up there. Always the big question is, do we, do we find morels up there? Because oh. this is the yeah, most you know, morel country. festival. And do we find morels up there? Um, we don't. We don't oh. have any elm trees up there. Oh, man. I know. Everybody's all fired up about it. <laughs> you pay for your building concrete yeah. so fast. <laughs> yes, exactly. It'd be a good time. Um, but we do, we do plant a lot of trees out here. Um, there's hardwoods and softwoods both. We our, we our forest is in a forest management program. I'm seeing a lot of varieties. Yes, as mm -hmm. part of our ag department, um, we work with the DNR. There's eight different kind of sections that are managed differently. Two years ago, we did a big harvest of our red pine trees because they're um, we're pretty far south and they're just not like you can run over some of the corn Sorry. just so you don't scratch your truck. Well. Um, the the red pine harvest just because they aren't doing really well in this far south in the state and they're growing so slow um, they've pretty much reached their peak maturity so we went through and harvested those mm -hmm. that was pretty neat had that experience you know marking things and um, we had you know real live processors come in and the kids got to see all that which was pretty cool and then there is a second field on the other side of those tall pine trees over there that's where so this one's about 20 oh, sure okay and well this one's about 22 and that one over there is like 20 24 ish so when the kids come back this fall they'll check this out to see like yes. whatever happens we'll do lots or, of stuff we'll yeah, do weed analysis happened. we'll do pest analysis we'll count we'll do potential yield checks so like we'll rip off ears of corn count them and do the math like for one 1,007 acre 
now figure out for a whole acre how many bushels are we going to get mm -hmm. so yield checks things like that mm -hmm. and then you're going to want to just kind of stay in this little um it's mare's tail here but you can go right down this like, middle stretch here right here These weeds yep okay the right next to us here is this is sunflowers am i going all the way down through this yep okay there's nothing like there okay Really. Um, this is our sunflowers we planted. They're actually doing surprisingly well considering how dry it is. I can't believe they came up even. Over here, our fencing area, that was our sweet corn test plot. But again, we just, it laid for 30 days before germinating. And at that point, oh, sure. a lot of, because we just hadn't had any rain. And at that point, a bunch of things had picked through it, scavenged it. I mean, yeah. there's not very much in there yet. Our deer fence and stuff there, that's going to be our apple orchard. But ultimately, we do have someone mow out here, like I said, once a month. Uh -huh. And um, that helps keep down on all of this. But it's been over a month, uh, just from scheduling-wise. The kids have been really busy. It's it's really nice when it's mowed up. The kids can walk on this really easy. You know, mm -hmm. we, can, we can get around it really easy. This way through the okay. through the woods. If you go to the left there, there's a there's a trail around all the fields, so you can get around the whole thing if you want to. This is the pollinator garden or some of it. Again, you can see some of it coming up in here, but it needs to be mowed. It has to be mowed pretty frequently to kind of keep it. When's your county fair? Our county fair is really late. It's not until after school starts. Oh, okay. So they're not, at least they're, they're nope. not busy with that, but a lot they're of, juggling school. I have and a lot of super competitive, uber competitive livestock kids that show uh -huh. state fair though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so like that's kind of the, all yes, summer, yes, getting they, ready for that. And that is a big. That's coming up. Yes, it is. And mm -hmm. my school farm manager is all happen to be farmers this year mm -hmm. like they at home are doing their own thing you know one of them's a dairy kid he's got cows to milk he's got yeah. his own manure mm -hmm. hall they're making hay yep you just have to be flexible but that's why they are managers because they have that experience and mm -hmm. they just want to learn more about it and then like i said we use that to pass on to the other kids and they can teach mm -hmm. the other kids about it we planted all these little trees in here wow all these white pines and stuff so your managers aren't necessarily the officers no are they paid positions yeah, well, in a way, um, kind of. we give them, yeah. Or they it's, get credit. Yeah. Okay. So they get, um, like, my greenhouse manager gets um, an independent study credit uh, in science. Uh -huh. But my school farm managers, they get, like, a stipend for gas and stuff. Sure. So, you know, can we say that they're, it's not like they get $10 an hour or anything. They right. just get one gas card once a year at our FFA banquet. You know, thank you for your help. This is for gas, you know, because they, they have to pick up water sometimes out here. Mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. They have to buy themselves lunch because it takes eight hours to mow, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, for all your expenses, thanks for all you do, one of those kind of type things. So when you work with the caliber of kids that I do out here, you know, it seems like you just, um, you just realize that they're just people like us and mm -hmm. they're trying to make it work. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think, I think high schoolers are busier than the adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yep. and this is the pollinator garden that was um, purchased in, or excuse me, started in conjunction with our science department. They did get a grant for it, and then we did put a little bit of money to it. But like the sign and all that stuff was part of a grant, which is awesome. All right, so now we're on stop number three. You've been inside the high school. We've gone through the school farm. Now it's time to go inside the Jackmeister Agricultural Center. Before we do that, let's hear one more time a message from Jeff Eady from the Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance. It's essential for Wisconsin's rural schools to find inspiration, network with other districts, and learn new ideas. And the perfect place to do this is at the Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance Conference, October 22nd through October 24th at the Wilderness in Wisconsin Dells. The conference is intended for school administrators, teachers, board members, CISA employees, higher education professionals, 
college grad students, public library administrators, elected officials, and any citizen interested in Wisconsin's rural schools. Information can be found at wirsa.org. That's wirsa.org. Wirsa is committed to quality education for all Wisconsin students. All right, so we're about, what, three miles? Not, well, we're three miles from the high school, but just uh, on the outskirts of town. Yes. So this facility is called the Jack Meister Agricultural Center. Got it. Okay. And then our school farm is where it's um, obviously located. That was gifted by the Muller family, Mac Muller family, in 1962. This was started in, 19, or in 2019. Got it. So this map here, this mm -hmm. is kind of where we're, I see, this is helpful. So this field, this this chunk of land, the yep. school district owns? Yep, it's 150, wow. it's 147 acres. Wow. Um, we actually own 40 acres in Blue River as well, which is, like I said, we, there's just, I don't know anybody that has 200 school acres. Oh my gosh. That is usable. But this is what we call the farm, and this is the closest to us, so this is what we utilize the most. Yeah. We've only visited the Blue River farm. I mean maybe twice in three years. But this this we come to once a week when it's nice out. I got my CDL so that we can hop on the bus and come out here whenever uh -huh. we want to, um, which is awesome. Like I just pick up the bus in the morning. If I have two or three classes that I want out here that day, I just make sure I tell them the day ahead, like, hey, just a reminder, be on time. And we get out here, we get about 35 minutes of work in, and we go back. Mm -hmm. um, We've talked about going to block scheduling for a couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't suit everybody's schedule, right. but it would be awesome for me. And during mm -hmm. COVID, that's that's mm -hmm. when we really got our start because we were coming out here for, you know, 80 minutes. That's awesome. You can get a lot done in 80 <laughs> yeah. minutes. And so when I look at this map, what I, I know we've seen a lot of field acreage here. What's being done with that land? Yeah, so, um, and again, I think we're one of the larger tillable land um, school farms. In the state as well, we have 44 tillable acres, and so what um, what is done with that is so first of all we have our FFA operates this farm, meaning like that they they get the donations, they pay for stuff, they maintain it. We pay our managers that are FFA members to maintain it, but our school district owns it. Okay, and but it's always been managed by our FFA. That's you know its entire history. So we put in an FFA test plot. Uh, we call around and we put in, this year we put in 44 varieties of corn. And those donations also get used to do the other two fields, which is roughly, I'd say 40 more acres. So we have a four acre test plot, 40 acres for the rest of it. And that would all be free of charge to us because we get donations for the mm -hmm, test plot. Mm -hmm. The only thing the kids really can do is spray any sort of, you know, mm, pesticide. herbicide, pesticide. We work with Riverdale Ag in town. They don't charge us at all for their hours. They just charge us for product. So they work with us as well. They're one of our, you know, big assets. Um, and then we turned a small section of it into, that was actually used to be underwater um, for a while. You can kind of see here. Oh, yeah, sure. We turned that into kind of a more experimental area with sweet corn, pumpkins, pollinator garden, sunflowers, and a small apple orchard. And then we have Christmas trees in here as well. On the top. Oh my gosh, what we a comprehensive all. space. We try it all. Yeah. <laughs> We're not afraid, that's the other yeah. thing. You can, that's egg, you gotta, that's all they tell you in agriculture, you right. should diversify. Yeah. <laughs> so we try and you know, we get a lot out of it. We, the first time we did the Christmas tree thing, we went to Cook's Christmas tree farm and like learned about it and 
we've been talking about in class and doing stuff. We were like, okay, this is a serious trip. We are here for business. We were trying to figure out if we are capable of doing this. And we learned a lot and we came back and we basically decided to put in 25 Christmas trees and to do it every year. And in seven years, we'll have 25 trees. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next year we'll have 25 trees to sell. Yes. And yeah. That's kind of, you know, yeah, that's a long way out. Those kids might be, you know, graduated and back with their families buying Christmas trees. But right, like, right, else? yeah. Yeah, and the, the orchard, same reason, you know, we were like, well, it's slow. People have problems sometimes with um, bud failure and stuff because we get late frosts in this low spot, you know, in the valley. But we decided we're going to try it, put up the deer fence. You know, we gave it a shot. Away we went. We had, we have apples on two, and I think the other four just got so dry this year that it's, I don't know. Not looking I, good. No. But we're learning. Yes. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I was kind of talking about. We don't have water out here yet. That's yeah. one of our big things. Uh-huh. We do have electricity, but, um, so the, this, the township recently rezoned this. So they're bringing water out for a residential area. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting in our own well and septic, which was going to be really expensive, mm-hmm. we decided we'll wait two years and tap into and their water and they bring the it out. Water. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, our apple trees and stuff will make it longer. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, little stuff too. Like I said, our raised garden bed, we haul water out, but it's just not, we couldn't stay ahead of it this yeah. year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, we donated over 100 pounds of sweet corn to the local um, food pantries and stuff. Wow. And... As far as management and stuff go, the kids plant it, the kids harvest it, and that includes the beans and the soybeans as well. We're really fortunate to have a lot of local farmers that are willing to bring equipment to let us borrow, use, help us manage, uh, answer questions, that kind of stuff. We have a soil pit out here as well. We have quite a bit of walking trails that go around every field and through the woods in some different spots. So those get utilized some, it's not like open to like UTVs, ATVs or anything like mm-hmm. that. We're trying to maintain the, just cause it's really sandy that it's just too easy to get ripped up. Mm-hmm. And we have oh, a pollinator garden, sunflowers, stuff like that. Um, people come out and take pictures with those. Uh-huh, and sure. Um, again, just good for the, the science department. It's a good team up for them. Uh, we can harvest the sunflowers. Oh, and pumpkins, because we we carve pumpkins with third graders in the fall for FFA. And we decided we're going to raise our own because it's expensive yeah. to buy them. Right, all that money. <laughs> and for again, sure. like, it's, it's kind of cool. There's two or three kids that already were kind of doing it. And they were like, you know, you got to do this. I'm like, no, I did not know that. Like, we researched and I did not know that. How do you know that? So mm-hmm. it's fun. It's for, you know, it's learning for both of us. Teaches the kids the entrepreneurial spirit, too. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. and take yeah. a risk. But, mm make something ask questions mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely like i don't know it all either you know when we put up deer fence for our for our orchard like we were mixing concrete and we were leveling posts and like we we're building fence yeah. no one's born <laughs> knowing how to do all this stuff right yeah. you gotta learn to that's exactly right yeah tell me a baby that knows how to mix concrete <laughs> now this building smells new because it is right yes. it was officially we had a grand opening last april mm-hmm. and this part we call our display area when I asked for an area that looked like a barn attached to a shed, they were like, what for? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I have, you know, I think this this spot is the only spot that's heated and cooled right now. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly because our bathrooms are going to be here. We already have a bathroom laid out, you know, that's all approved, handicap, all that good stuff. We just need the plumbing to get it done. But the other stuff, I was like, I'm going to display some artifacts, egg yeah. artifacts. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so we did it. Um, my egg business class, before we had our grand opening, I solicited them to shamelessly plug that we wanted stuff. And mm-hmm. then if people were willing to donate it, and then we wrote up a little 
placard that said what that item was used for, who it was donated by, and include some pictures of like how it was being used in the past. And the, especially the elementary kids, they come in here and they're like, I've seen one of those before. Yeah. My grandpa <laughs> has one of those. And you're like, yeah, that's a cedar. <laughs> that's not that old the technology. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the milk cans. They, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't know that people actually stored milk in them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just kind of crazy. I thought it was something that only held flowers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, it's, it's decoration. Yeah, no, right. No, mm-hmm. it's not. They used to put those in the creek. <laughs> I would think that this teaches kids to their agricultural roots. Right, so. That historical aspect that, hey, these are your ancestors for many of you. This is how they got these jobs done, right? Yeah, the egg industry has come a long ways in 100 years. Or mm-hmm. We have some pictures over there, too, of like some local people doing things, which is pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. it, it's always fun when the kids come in and they're like, oh, that's my neighbor, or mm-hmm. that's my grandpa. Or, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's been really neat to see, too. So, again, just kind of the real world. We're just trying to utilize all the different things and um, opportunities we have and talking to people is usually a big asset and, and a big opportunity for kids but they they're not always forced to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. but very cool yeah so this is the classroom space quote-unquote this is a 50 by 50 um, pole shed basically. Wow. Currently it's just gravel. We've talked about you know putting in concrete and insulating it in the future but budget wise when we were kind of figuring this out we were like one step at a time we can always fundraise for more. We have some picnic tables which were through a grant through the Riverdale Foundation and they're collapsible, they sanitize easy, we can carve pumpkins, we taxidermy fish, we bring weeds in here and identify them mm-hmm. and lay them on the table. You know, just, you know, mm-hmm. we eat lunch out here when we have tours. Or we, we host Food for America out here as well, where the students rotate around to different groups with fourth graders. And they plant cucumbers or pick up sheds or help in the garden or do whatever. So, you know, we also have, like, rabbits and stuff come out that day and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a really versatile space Yeah, is what it is. We're lucky to have something that's indoor and covered in case of inclement weather or you know it's just nice to say like we're not done we're gonna leave this project shut the door and walk out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then not worry about you know starting from scratch the next day so far that has been amazing and again like in terms of cleanup accessibility not everything in egg you know we have this conversation a lot like animals they don't always smell good um Mm -hmm. pollen and stuff is everywhere ticks poison ivy like those are those are real world things. We, we're kind of sheltered at school. We're lucky. We're fortunate mm-hmm. that we don't have to worry about any of that. But when mm-hmm. we come here, we have, you know, again, it just kind of opens up that like egg can be dirty. Yeah. Egg can be smelly. Mm-hmm. It's a real Awareness. world working yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that aspect. So the land was donated. Mm-hmm. The building was also donated. A large portion of the uh, building. Yep. Got it. And, you, and then the district fundraised for some things inside. Yep. Um, or grants were written. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and like really, we we never really had to fundraise. We were kind of fortunate, I guess. Um, so our, about 75% of the total cost was donated by the, the Jack Meister family in memory of Jack Meister. Um, and that's the Todd Meister family that donated that. The land itself and everything was donated originally. 75% of the building was 
um, the Meister family, and then the remaining money we got a grant from Compure Financial. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The F- our FFA donated yeah. ten thousand mm-hmm. toward it, and then we got two other small grants. We actually had some anonymous donors stop and drop off, you know, because they were just excited about what we were doing mm-hmm. here. We also had a fairly good size amount of money donated by the construction company that was an alumni. Um, oh, Casey cool. James Construction did this building, mm-hmm. and he. He did a lot of stuff on the side for us that he didn't charge for, which was awesome in the mm-hmm. end. So when it was all wrapped, it was about a $110,000 building. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we, we have room to expand. We, we are very flexible with what we have right now. You know, if we wanted to write more grants, I think we could. We mm-hmm. could probably pour concrete mm-hmm. if, we, if we had time or had a large, saw a large enough grant out there mm-hmm. where we could cover insulation in one, we would mm-hmm. probably try mm-hmm. to do it. And I think it's an evolving space. We're not... You to know, have a down whole to... building for your high school is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, and but... all that land. I mean, yes. the classroom now is like brick and mortar doesn't mean anything, right? Your classroom's acres. Right, yes. And it, it doesn't feel like a classroom then either, which mm-hmm. is nice for the students. Yeah. They kind of get this like, right. you know, it's like a field trip when we come out here and we're doing it once a week. Right. Like that's a fun feeling. Like yeah. we get excited and they ask when the bus is out there, are we going out there today? <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't, but a different class is, oh. <laughs> so yeah, that part's been awesome too. I'll show you, there's one more spot. Yeah. We got a grant for a chicken coop. It's going out here. The chicken coop is gonna stay out here, but um, we gotta put it together. Oh, <laughs> so that's a nice spot for that. But this is, lean to for all the FFA equipment. Ah. So we have um, a gravity box, which we use to harvest corn and beans in the fall, which is like a big joint effort between a few um, families that are willing to bring, like um, we, we borrow combines from different farms and families. They come out um, and a few other uh, different farms and families donate tractors and wagons. We have our own tractor and wagon and we can haul to town pretty easy then. Um, and you know, everybody's like, school farm harvest day you know like it's so stressful big deal yeah it is <laughs> so stressful like yes it is but it's 30 you know it might be thirty thousand dollars this yeah, year right. it just depends where like does all a, that money go um that's that's all ffa money because wow, the ffa that's so amazing well and like but that's how the ffa can afford to yeah, you know, donate ten thousand right, yeah. dollars back or we purchase things like we bought this people hauler yeah to give kids tours because we had been borrowing one pretty consistently because they want to see what's out there and the mm-hmm. littler kids especially like they can't walk like that far. No, no. <laughs> they get tired after a yeah. little loop. So we uh, we put them on there, and it's safe. We can take them around. We have, you know, the high schoolers sit on there and talk to them about what they're seeing and what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. And then our mower and things like that. That's egg stuff costs a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, implements yes, are... we, we might have made 30000 but yeah. we probably spent 10000 on... Right, you'll spend it fast. Absolutely. Getting equipment. And if we, yes, and not just equipment, but, you know, any sort of management that you do with that property, mm-hmm. it costs, you know... 6,000 to de-stemp a trail. It, mm-hmm. it is, if you want to improve mm-hmm. and you want to have the best facilities, you're going to be spending money. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. You, you get out what you put in kind mm-hmm. of type thing. So it's it's pretty awesome that we have a budget like that to work with. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, you know, we still are considering like we pre-contract our fertilizer. My kids in my egg business class decide when we sell our beans and our corn. They watch the markets. They decide. Wow. Uh, we contract our corn or beans ahead of time as well. Like, um, the spring before we'll contract for fall mm-hmm. for prices and stuff. So that's also like, again, real world hands on. We're not playing with fake money. This is our money. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you guys mm-hmm. have to pay attention, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty neat. It kind of comes again, comes full circle. That's 
I guess, kind of the motto. <laughs> Everything kind of comes back around and has a real purpose, a real use. Even our, even our gravity box, um, we don't use it all the time, so we turned it into a basketball hoop in the off season. Oh, I see that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the, clever. The little kids love it. They, they think it's the greatest. So. And you can take it apart and use it. Yeah, right? we take it to, we can take it to various events and stuff. Um, and like, so um, our district is three different towns. So yeah, right. Pretty small. So they, you know, everybody has a fall fest or, mm-hmm. you know, their fun days. We can take it to that pretty easy and. It gives some cheap entertainment. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been really cool. Um, I don't think we've even scratched the surface with what we're gonna do, what we could do out here. I think we've just kind of begun to start, you know, really brainstorming like possibilities. That's great because from an outsider's perspective, I feel like you have probably done like a lifetime's amount of work for an ag teacher, right? Oh, uh, ag teachers are hardworking, though. <laughs> I know several that just, yes, like we're all crazy. Yeah. But um, that's, you know, that's our passion. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Um, but it's the kind of effort that is setting these kids on a trajectory to change their lives, but not just for them, but generationally. Like who knows how what they do here might impact their kids and it's so deeply rooted in the fabric of this community and extremely special yeah I think so too I think if you are not passionate about what you do Mm -hmm. it's hard to get other people passionate Mm -hmm. so um yeah and I I think they do I think you're right I think they see effort out of people and they you know that might mean something to them and if that means that I like I said I don't care if they go into an egg field but if Mm -hmm. they can take on some of their knowledge some of their effort some of their passion that's you know it's a win Mm -hmm. um you know, I was, I was taught growing up that money isn't the biggest thing. It's, you know, it's your work. It, mm-hmm. It's your, it's your attitude. It's your effort. Mm-hmm. That's worth more than money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Some of this project has fallen into our lap literally because mm-hmm. they saw good we were doing mm-hmm. and they wanted to be part of it. We didn't have to ask for much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just like good karma coming back around mm-hmm. almost in my opinion. And that's, yeah. that's awesome. Like they, they see how hard these kids work. They see what we're trying to do and they just want to want to be a part of it. And like I said, we might not always have the money to make it happen, but if we give the effort and the attitude and the passion, you know, eventually something's going to change or mm-hmm. move forward for mm-hmm. us. So yeah, I think it's just really amazing how far this, yeah, this three years we have come from my own classroom to... All, all of this. this. Yeah. My goodness. Exactly. Exactly. So. And so if people want to follow along with your journey, you have a, I believe a Facebook page, don't you? We do. Yep. Uh, called? Riverdale FFA. There is one in Ohio too, I think. So you gotta watch, you gotta <laughs> so watch that sure one. make sure it's Muscadet. Yep. Um, Muscadet. <laughs> and I think we're tagged as like an egg industry connection as well on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. and then also our, our school district page, the Riverdale school district page posts a lot of what we do as well. We like to get the good word out and show off what the kids are doing and our district is awesome about Mm -hmm. that if you're interested or if you have any questions about what we're doing here or how we make things work it's not always a perfect science but I'd be happy to answer (laughs) it sounds great thanks for your time I appreciate it and I'll be sure to drop links to the Facebook pages in our show notes okay sounds great thank you the proud rural teacher podcast is hosted by the school of education at the university of wisconsin platteville the theme music was created by agriculture and technology education major calvin coldren be sure to subscribe to the prt podcast and visit us online at proudruralteacherpodcast.com and if you have an episode suggestion or feedback please leave us a speak pipe message on our website thanks for listening